I'm Seth. And I'm Scott. And we are track walking. Today, I get to pick the topic, which is why I went first. Um, normally, Scott's in control of things because that's just how he likes to do stuff. Yep. Um, but but today, for uh, I think just because I'm, I'm being like uh, pushy and weird, um, I wanted to pick the to- topic. Be, yeah, you're being super contrarian today. I am. I'm just terrible about it today. So I actually wanted to talk about burritos. I like burritos. And their relation to race cars and how you do anything is how you do everything. Okay. I have some ideas on where you're going, but. Do you? All right. I I have some ideas where I would go with these and I'm placing those ideas on you. Okay. I want to see how that comes back. So burritos. I have recently, um, I've begun making burritos, which sounds trivial. Yes. Like it doesn't, it shouldn't sound like that big a deal, right? Yeah. It's, it's not like an art, like sushi making. I mean, sushi making, like you got to go learn stuff. Yeah. So there's a burrito chef out there who's going to smack you through the, through the show because I think, I think it is like sushi making. I think it's like anything like a good, like a good burrito turns out is harder than you like we haven't been giving burrito guys enough credit that's where i'm going with this and i'm trying to become a burrito guy and it's making me feel good about myself and bad about myself all at the same time so like a month ago i started my wife made these amazing quesadillas and i was kind of like dude i should make those and i made them and then i was like no i should use this filling to make burritos instead and i've now gone down this path of of like really learning how to make a good burrito, okay. like a burrito you can be proud of. You know, okay. you could like serve this burrito to the Pope type thing. If that happened. I bet he would eat a burrito. Yeah. Francis Kurt, seems cool. Yeah. Francis seems like he's a burrito eating kind of guy. So, so the thing with like a good burrito is that's that, definitely going in the uh, show description. The thing with a Pope, good burrito or Pope, or Pope eats a burrito. <laughs> Only if we can make a burrito that's good enough. We're Pope worthy. So the thing with a burrito is, is you're not just making a burrito. You're making like three or four different meals, three or four different things, and then putting them inside a tortilla and then cooking them, which do you see what you see what I'm getting at here? So my burrito, my burrito has has green rice in it. I don't know if you're familiar with with green rice, I, Mexican I'm, green rice. I'm not. Okay, it's a thing. It's we make it with poblano peppers and cilantro, and it's it's like a Mexican rice pilaf. It's delicious. I'll send I'll send you a recipe at some point. Very good stuff. Okay, but uh, that's something I figured out how to make uh five or six years ago um we used to, we had it at a restaurant where we get uh, a dish that we call the tower of meat and it comes with side dishes which are kind of irrelevant but when we bring them home and we eat them <laughs> i was about to say anything that's on the side of your tower of meat is yeah yeah it's, get, it's getting boxed and brought home right yes. that's just what happens 
So I learned how to make green rice and green rice is, is a good, is a, is central to a whole bunch of, of Mexican cooking. And then there's of course, whatever meat you put in there. Um, I made them with shrimp tonight using uh, a recipe that I make uh, shrimp fajitas with. I'm not hundred percent sure that's the way to go with it, but it was, it was better than the last things that I, the last chicken I put in there. And then um, I need to figure out how to make good black beans which is not just dumping a can of black beans in there, Scott. I know that's what you're thinking. If you're like, it better not be because what comes out of a can does not look good. No, like like it's regular sludge. canned. No, regular canned black beans look like like it's just like getting a can of pinto beans or a can of any other beans. Um, so instead of dried beans, they're canned beans. And then you rinse them off and you make them. So when you say that you're making like a bunch of different meals, you're. I heard like meals, but you're talking like that you have to make like separate ingredients. Yeah. And I guess it's like making any meal, but, but so yeah, that's it. Like the thing you make is an ingredient for the thing you make, Okay, which is not usually how we cook meals, right? Usually we, we cook these things and we put them all together on a plate and we're like, ta-da, here's your stuff. I mean, if, if you're in a hurry, that's certainly what I do because I don't particularly enjoy, um, I used to enjoy cooking a lot more, but yeah, so, it's not the, it's, I don't think that's standard across the board anymore. Yeah. So then you got to wrap this up in the, there's tortillas. You get big tortillas, wrap it up. And then you like flour, the flour. Yeah. You got to make, you get a corn tortillas. Don't yeah. like, you can't hold together to make a, a burrito with a corn tortilla. Right. It's hopes, just hopes and dreams at that point. Yeah, it just crumbles. It's terrible. I'm a I'm a flour tortilla man myself, anyway. Sure. Um, but uh, so then you got to wrap them up, and then you we don't. I don't have like a burrito press, you know, like imagine a panini press, but for burritos. Okay. So you got to have a hot pan, and you put a little oil on the burrito, and then you put another pan on top, put a big pot on top of it. And you you sort of squish some, them a little bit, and you do some and then oil you, in it. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of oil, and then it, it lets them brown very nicely. Like you just brush them with oil and you flip them over and you do all this. And then they're, then the whole thing is hot, a little bit crunchy on the outside, on the outside, on the outside, outside. Nice. Hold, um, on. Hold on. You just did a really weird audio thing. Get some, a little brown on the outside and then what? A little, a little gooey on the inside. Oh, gooey. Okay. Gooey. I'm surprised warm, you don't have like gooey. one of those oil sprayer spritzer things. No, I do have, I have a silicone uh, brush. Mm. So like a pastry brush, mm. and I, I tend to brush it on with that. I'm a pastry brush guy. I got a, a variety of them, but this is the one that cleans uh, up the easiest. Somehow I believe you. Yeah. And so so I'm not I'm, – I can make – I'm making an okay burrito right now. Okay. A bunch of cheese in there, throw a can of corn in. The, the sweetness of the corn really balances out some of the chopped up jalapenos that I put in there. Like there's, there's other stuff here. Okay. Like there, there's a lot going on. Okay. The burrito's okay. I mean, my wife and kids are like, like mind blown. Think it's great. I think it's it's good, but it's not it's not there yet. Okay. So I've warned my family that we're going to be eating burritos once a week at least. Yeah, once a week, once a week until I get this sorted out. It's in my head now, right? I have to I have to figure out how I can make a burrito that I'm happy with doesn't have to be the best burrito in the world, but I want to make it and be proud of it. And then what? So you make a burrito that you're proud and, of. 
And what's and like, do you have set ingredients that you're kind of like sticking with? And knowing me, it will be like a loose, I roughly do it like this. And it turns out awesome. There's some things like making the green rice that you have to do like pretty, pretty solid ingredients to make that work. Right. Like any rice, like you can't just like throw about enough water in, like you have to do it right or it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I will probably like, I could probably have a recipe when I'm done, but it's, it's always loose. Like do you have chicken, you get shrimp, like what do you have? To work with for a meat like you could make a meatless burrito if you're into that no um no there will there there will be <laughs> no. options there will be options chorizo. but it will be a good chorizo yeah uh, we could get into chorizo like i feel like you're way too far north to really langua. have what's that get some langua in there cow tongue <sighs> yeah i mean you could there, there's a lot of options right <laughs> and that's the thing is that's the thing about the burrito is you really can you can do so much, right? Mm-hmm. And and you were saying the sushi guys are this ah, this amazing thing. I think the burrito guys are there too. I think we haven't been. I think the burrito is an art that maybe I wasn't appreciating till I really dove into it. Okay. Okay. I want to. Yeah, I want to be good at it, and I want to be. I want to be good enough at it that I'm proud of it. Why? That, Why? <laughs> I mean, not that's okay. Like we, we could, we could say like, why'd you get into it in the first place? But I think that's kind of irrelevant. Why do you want to be good at it? Like, why is this because, worth your because time? Not being able to do it would bother me. Once I've, once I've done it mediocrely, Leaving it at leaving it at, at genuinely mediocre is is a bit of a bother. Like, yeah, I can make burritos, but nobody's really gonna like them. In eh. that, do what? you think that? Or are you gonna tell me why why I really need it? No, I think you're wrong. Um, I th- like you've you've talked about like your sports in the in the past, and you're you know just accepting your mediocrity in many areas. But for some reason, this one you're like latched on to. Well, right. But I'm not, I, I think actually this is the same because, because a good burrito that I make at home is on the global scale of burrito-ness going to be mediocre, right? But, but it will be me doing good. I don't need to, I don't know, need to win Lama. I just sure. need to be good at driving cars. Okay. And that's kind of where I am with burrito. Like, I think that's what, why the big thing I've latched onto with this is that I, I want to be good at it. It's something, you know, really, really getting into burritos right now is something that for reasons that I can't explain, I'm enjoying thinking about burritos during the week, thinking about what I can do to make a better burrito. Okay. And um, looking forward to burrito day and wanting to be good at it and, and wanting praise, right? Like when everybody is like, okay. dude, best burrito ever, better than last week's burrito. And I can sort of sit there and be like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I was, I was going, I was going to start a line of questions around that if it's like the praise, but 
but this is mainly for your family. Like the burritos you might eventually share with like your motorcycle team or something. But for right now, this is like a Lemke home thing only. Yeah. I mean, I'll make them for my in-law. And that's the other thing. My in-laws are going to be down here in a couple of weeks. And I mean, I don't want to make, you know, mediocre bur- burritos for my in-laws. They're good people. They deserve better than mediocre burritos. Do they like you? They do slightly inexplicably, but yeah. Okay. Okay. They say they do. They, <laughs> their actions would speak to that. I mean, I don't know. In uh, in private conversations between the two of them, do they roll their eyes about <laughs> about uh, how I've been as as a, a husband for the last twenty some years? I don't know, but I think I'm doing okay. So you've got all these ingredients. You cook each of them pretty much separately. Get all these aspects yeah. ready. And then you take the thing that they're all going to go in and a nice little warm, crispy on the outside, mushy on the inside blanket. So what does this have to do with cars? Because this, this, this is, is racing, Scott. This because is, this, this is, is racing. kind of where I thought you were going is like all these different ingredients under one blanket. Yeah, except that's everybody, like if you ask somebody about a good burrito, they'd be like, oh, good burrito. But but it's more than just a good burrito. It's the ability to cook good rice. It's the ability to make good beans. It's the ability to make meat, you know, whatever meat is worth it and have all those things work together, right? You, you want your beans outpowering your rice. You know, you have to have these things working together and you've got to be good at all of them because you if you're bad at one thing, it really will screw up the end result. So this, this really is racing. This is being a mechanic. This is being your logistics, your own logistics guy. This is being your, your setup person. This, these are all these, these things that all these different hats you have to wear that we do wear in amateur racing that give us our, our race, which is our burrito. Um, all of that stuff is there and we can't just be a good mechanic and be a bad setup guy. I mean, you could have the best mechanically, the best car that shows up, never breaks, runs all the time. But if your alignment is bad, like if you can't align a car, because I, I think that's separate from being a good mechanic. Um, yeah, agree. if you can't align a car or set up a car, all that mechanic stuff is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant. I mean, it's still good because your car doesn't break during the week, but meh, you know, what are you getting out of it? Conversely, if you're the, the king of the king of setup, but your car's broken, the king of setup doesn't really matter. You, you need to do all of these things or you can't, you know, you forget your tools because you're terrible at the logistics side of it, or you can't figure out how to tie down a car in a trailer and it falls off on the way to the event or, that might or be all of that might, well, might no, you're going to get, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You thought you worried about driving a car there. Wait until you, you deal with the psychological trauma that's looking in your rear view mirror for a 10 hour tow. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was, it was, I was getting ready to make burritos today. And I was thinking about how my making burritos is really like my racing and mediocre, really but like getting my, better. What's that? Mediocre, but getting better. Mediocre, but getting better and, and not being happy until I am mediocre. Like in your eyes in media, in, in my eyes. Right. It's, it's always me judging me and I'm a terrible judge. There's nothing, you know, but nothing still, in my life where I'm like, I'm amazing at that, but still getting some you, praise you, from people who are important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do that. I mean, I get like, it. I would, I'm not, I'm not critiquing like, you at all. I just want to no, say no, no. it out loud because it's important. No, hundred percent. Because, because in all seriousness, um, I'm, you know, I will tell you that I'm a mediocre motorcycle rider. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mid pack guy, fill the field. But when I go out there, when I ride with my friends and I go out and I'm dragging elbow through corners and people are like, dude, that's amazing. I'm like, eh. I smile on the inside a lot. There's been a handful yeah, of times is. when I've gotten out of the car and Becky's hanging out. She's like, you're amazing. And I'm like, thanks. Then a handful <laughs> of times. Super meaningful. <laughs> super meaningful. I'd say don't tell her, but this is, you know, public podcast. Um, fairly, fairly public, yeah. So, so if we've got, like, the core ingredients of a burrito, let's say you've got your tortilla. You've got your, I think every burrito has to have some sort of rice something you've got to have cheese yeah you've got to have some sort of protein i won't say meats but you've got to have some protein yeah and then everything else maybe just like a optional extra at that point flavor i mean you gotta right I mean, just throwing in like white rice and boiled chicken. I get it. Is- <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying like, but you can't say like, I guess you could just have like spice be the fifth one. And that can mean whatever you want it to mean the flavor. Yeah. So maybe that's the easiest one to start with because it's so broad is what is the spice of race cars? The one thing that, Every car has spice to some degree, or every race effort has some spice. I think the livery would be considered a spice because not every car has a good one, but some do. Yeah, there's, but it would be like, what's the spice of the race effort? And that's, I mean, you could do that whole livery and crew shirts and, and, and all of that stuff. And I would argue that that the difference between a good spicy race effort and a kind of bleh race effort is 100% in the, the personality and the attitude of the people going about it. Okay. I like that answer, but um, I, I think I really think it's in the, the joy that the people find in the effort of racing kind of make my answer feel superficial 
Livery. <laughs> no, it's in the personality and the vibe these people have. Get your head on right. I mean, you're or, right. you know, livery. You're right. Stickers. So, what's the tortilla? Like, what's the thing that holds it together? I think I would probably say common goal, common purpose. No, I thought about this. Of course you did. I actually, I came into it with an answer for this. God damn it. Gonna blow your mind. No, I know. I, I know you hate it when I actually have, like, sort of prepared I know, for the I'm, show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to play you intentionally tonight, and it's not working out very well. <laughs> it's fun. It's, like, backwards. Yeah, and, it is backwards. And uh, I'm, better, I'm better at it than you are, so it's fun. Yeah, okay. We'll the see. tortilla. Mm-hmm. The tortilla. So the, what's... What's different about the tortilla? I'm just going to mute you when you start talking and just do your voice. (laughs) What's what's different about the tortilla versus all the other ingredients, really? For most people who make burritos. You you know what you're going to say. What's what's the answer, (laughs) Seth? The answer answer is for 99.9% of people who do burritos who do this, you go and you just go buy the tortilla. Like that's the one thing you don't make. You've outsourced it. And and you are counting on someone else to do a good job on your tortilla to hold the whole thing together. And there are always elements of our racing. We don't do everything. Um, Like you, like we said, you don't mount your own tires. Um, There, there are things that, no matter what in our race efforts, we are farming out to someone else. There, there will always be one thing. And, and that thing is something that we count on the people around us to, to, re, to do to hold it all together, whether we really realize it or not. If you cut those people out, if, you, if, if you've got a tire, got a sketchy tire guy at the front of my neighbor, fantastic guy. But if I don't have my tire guy to put tires on, I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, there's always someone, you know, you've got, I remember you, you went to people to find seals for your, uh, your brake calipers. Like for you, it could just be the people because your car is so weird. Now the people that supply you with those parts, like you have to have those people in your life. They could be your tortilla. Okay. I see where you're at with the, yeah, I, I see where you're at, but I think that can kind, I, I think that can be applied to every single ingredient though, to some, I mean, you you don't have a cow in your backyard <laughs> that you're just like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a little sliver here. Like you don't have a chicken that you're going to go back there, cut its head off let it run around, do its thing. Like you don't grow corn, Seth. No, but you don't mind. You don't mind iron ore either, Scott. Of course, like I we know. can tear everything apart. I know, but to, <laughs> to me, like the tortilla is this thing that literally holds the rest of the ingredients together. It is the binding force. Have you ever made tortillas? Of the burrito. Made them? Hell no. How can you even, like, you're not even, you're not qualified to even talk about this then. What does a tortilla do? 
it holds everything. It does. It holds everything. It does. It holds everything together. Yes, but that's but, what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, and I don't think the thing that holds a race team together is the fact that nothing that everything you do is made by somebody else. I don't think that's like. I don't think that's the binder here. I think it is. I think you're 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 confusing the this holds the race team together with. I'm the one who puts this all together and makes it happen. Because mm. a tortilla is just an ingredient. Just because that's the outside ingredient sure. doesn't necessarily make it like super special. I yeah. See, I, I, I would I disagree. This is a burrito. <laughs> that's a burrito. Is the fact that it's in the tortilla. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like crap on a plate. I mean, if you yeah. go to. You what, can have a burrito it? bowl. Qdoba, exactly. You can get a burrito bowl. It's not a burrito. They call it. They call it a burrito bowl. It's not a burrito <laughs> because there's no tortilla. There's literally nothing. It's a bowl. It's a salad of Mexican food. I will. I will agree that this is not a perfect analogy. Um, the me me coming up with a show idea while cooking burritos this afternoon may not be worthy of me writing an entire book on race theory and burritos yet. We're we're sussing it out right here. I'm also just upset that I didn't get burrito. They were good. You'd like them. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's helpful for me wanting. (laughs) (laughs) I had a dessert cereal though, just before we came on. But I, I had I had cinnamon roll cookies, which are these little, they're a very weird. flaky butter cookie, but you roll them up with cinnamon in the middle and you cut them through like, like little cinnamon rolls, you frost them, my wife made them, they're delicious. So what would your ingredients into a proper, just rattle them off into a, a what you would consider a good or mediocre race team? What are the ingredients that you would have in there? We need to have uh, a mechanic. We need to have a, for lack of a better term, a setup person who deals with tire pressures and alignment and all those adjustability things on a car. We need to have someone doing logistics, organization, and towing, and hotel rooms, and all of those things. And planning and organizing. Yeah. And we need to have... um, if someone else isn't taking the role, we need to have somebody who's, who is doing on the, on the day driver maintenance, whether that's spotting, whether that's making sure those things are ready. You know, the things that need to be ready for the driver are ready for the driver. Um, we, we have to, drivers are fragile. We have to take care of them. That's true. Um, Be- Becky can attest to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Becky and I've had that conversation yeah. and, um, and lastly, we do need a driver. Sure. Um, and you, we we may have one person fitting all five of those jobs, and we may be a Formula One team where we've got sixty people fitting all of those jobs. Sure. Um, but but all of those roles need to be filled and filled well. A weakness in any one of them um, really makes you have a, a subpar burrito. Mm. what do you think did i did did i miss anything 
I was thinking aerodynamicist, but that really kind of depends on the level of racing. Club racing. That's pretty, spe- pretty specific. Yeah, but it's such a big job. Like, the more I learned about it, the more, like, you kind of need a person just, like, doing that. But you don't. Yeah, I, I think that would really only be in, like, maybe higher level. Like, if you were going to have one person on a team. But weirdly enough, at a lot of high levels, that stuff is decided for you in the rule book. Right. Um, so you don't really need an aerodynamicist. Somebody else made those decisions for you. You Your setup guy just needs to be knowledgeable of, of what changes are available. Yeah. You live in a world, you live in the wild west of automobiles. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> you really do. Yeah, we uh our our mutual friend actually just um helped re potentially reword some of uh, rear arrow rules specifically so we couldn't do what we were planning on doing <laughs> for next year. We, uh, Dang it! Yeah, we we talked to to Jibay kind of because it was going to take some time and some energy into like figuring out this idea that we had that we thought it was going to be pretty cool. And he's like, "Dude, that sounds cool. I don't want that. Write a rule <laughs> that simplifies <laughs> it so you can't do that." Because technically, according to right now, yeah, you could kind of there's some fair gray area. So I think the the wording's going to change and some people are going to be like, this doesn't really change anything. It does. It does. So that's, that's the thing is you, you don't want to think too out loud. No, but we also didn't want to throw away. I mean, this is a total grassroots, uh, in our spare time effort. And we would like to steward our time and energy and money. Well, we don't want to go down six months worth of rabbit holes just to be like, no, dude, you can't do that. Cause that would be, a that's bummer. true. That would be a bummer. That's true. So, 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 uh, aerodynamicist, anything else? Like what, what makes your race burrito? Like, yeah, I mean, if you, th- if you've got you one think person, your, your race burrito is complete right now. We're a pretty small burrito. We wear yeah. we wear hats. I would say I'm the mechanic and the driver and and logistics. Becky is setup and driver management. <laughs> <laughs> would likely be the way that's that's sussed out. I think under the logistics thing is you could also put like hospitality kind of as like a little subset like in that. Yeah. Food, drink, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, but I think that seems pretty uh, complete. Cool. Yeah. Glad I glad I did go with that. I didn't leave any giant holes for you to... <laughs> <laughs> to drive a uh, ling- lingua in there, yeah. Al Pastor or something. Else. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna keep working on my burritos. Okay. I, I am keep working on my burritos. Um, 
So I worked and, my... and how I how how I do anything is how I do everything. Ta da! It is. Yeah. From taking care of baby birds to making burritos and doing motorcycle things. Yep. Seth Lemke, everybody. Speaking of how we do anything, yeah. I worked my ass off this weekend, Seth. <laughs> yeah, I want to know about this because I did. I, I went to a MotoGP race and watched motorcycles ride around, and I was thinking, man, Scott's probably working on his car. Uh, that was one of the things I was doing. Okay. So, uh, and Becky was helping me, not just helping me, but she was doing a bunch of work on Saturday as well. Um, so this is going to come out the Monday after Road America. So it's looking like we're going to be towing the Miata to Road America. With... The giant thing? With? In the other giant thing? Of Yes. And this is why all the work had to happen. Because all these things had to get ready. <laughs> so, I want, needed to finish the trailer, get the wiring done. Um, basically, short story for the electrical system is I have a big old battery on board uh, that can be charged through the trailer wiring to the towing thing. So that can be charged. um, The towing thing. Yeah. Well, we're getting there. (laughs) Forge chattering, but not giving it all away. Um, So that can be charged kind of like on the way to and from events. Um, And that's battery then... Once disconnected, it's a 100-amp-hour deep-cycle battery, so it should have quite a bit of juice. But it is powering the little volt display that I have, so I can keep an eye on that. It powers a light that's in the box that I made for it, so if anything happens, I can pop that on. And then it charges a smart, rapid USB charger for kind of all of the things and also for the two banks of LED lights that I have in the trailer. And then we also installed a shore power that goes to a breaker box and that breaker box then uh, feeds an outlet and I've run wiring, but we haven't done anything with it that will eventually be for a roof mount air conditioner that will All right. exist where the current like little skylight lives right now. But that's, yeah. that's expensive. So I'm not doing that. Yeah, right Basically uh, fall, so whatever. Yeah. So I had to mount the box, bolt it through the floor so you know that doesn't go sliding around anywhere. So I got that done, kind of finished up the wiring, had to get like the little corner trim pieces on so I could put the lights up there. We had to put the E-track in uh, so that we could strap the car down. Had to get E-track straps with their little pulleys so we could strap the car down. Um, So that was all the trailer stuff. So theoretically, oh, I had to like reseal some of the uh, um, the removable f- 
fender for the trailer and you know so if we encounter yeah. water hopefully it won't let nearly as much in anymore how uh, many spare tires do you have oh one so we're gonna hope that like that to live like out. to live dangerously i see i <laughs> i've got a trailer plug kit Really hoping it doesn't come to that. Yeah, because trailers just get holes. Yeah, that's what happens to trailers. Yeah. <laughs> they don't explode into rubber spaghetti. Well, I'm also not going to be towing at 80. Like, I'm I'm really, like, taking a, a nod from everybody and trying not to. I'm trying to make this thing last. Right. Uh, so that was the work on the trailer. The work on the van... Um, it had to go into our friends at Venema Service, uh, which is a local shop owned by Ben Mitchell, GLTC buddy, um, who had to do a bit of service on the van after I bought it. Uh, trans cooler, trans fluid, uh, break. One of the wheel bearings went bad after I bought it, so that was cool. Uh, some other things got that back and then I had to do all the trailer wiring because it didn't come with a the tow package from the factory okay so that's and I hate wire I hate it so much I hate it you can can't you just buy no. I, I know this costs dollars but you can't no. just buy a plug and play no. trailer harness no no really no now if you're just towing a four can- pin yes. Oh yeah, but you need the whole thing with the trailer seven. break. And- I need seven. Yeah, it's more than four. So I bought yeah, the little thing that, like, you just plug in, and then it, you've got your four pins for your trailer lights and stuff. That was easy. That took like thirty okay. minutes. Done. But then you've got to get a brake controller. Got to wire the brake controller and stuff. And then you've I've got done to- that before. Yeah, it's not great. I'll be honest. And then you run this massive long cable, which powers, takes power from the battery and allows it to charge the battery that I have on the trailer. And then you've got the parking or the brake wire that goes, it's, there's lots of things. And then yeah. there's how to put the wires so they don't get or melt or all of that stuff. So I had to do all of that and it's kind of a pain in the butt. And then the Miata, which, as some of you may remember at Gingerman, uh, the pressure plate spring decided to deuce out. So I had to get a new clutch and pressure plate. Uh, K Miata sent me one of their revised slave cylinder pistons. Uh, Turns out that was not the issue because pressure plate but i went ahead and installed it anyway and so and of course i don't have a lift so you know putting in a transmission while you're underneath the car have like a foot and a half of space is really super cool although yeah it's all bench like weird bench press stuff yeah no no i i the transmission is like between my legs (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is super uncomfortable for several minutes until I get it into proper position. 
but we're getting better at that. So had to do that. And then, you know, the myriad of things that have to get bolted back together and, uh, and whatnot. You should, you should really just get a transmission jack. Well, that would, that would assume I can get the car high enough to be able to get a transmission jack under there. Because right now I have to lift the car up a little extra just to be able to slide the transmission out from under it. That's how, <laughs> that's how not high this thing is. Yeah. I'm trying to think about it. Cause the only time I've done that, I did it with, um, a car that Pete Lindbergh had pulled a Miata transmission and did all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think having a lift made that easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> having a lift makes a lot of things easier. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how I did that and I didn't think it was that hard. And I think you should get a lift. It wasn't great. It, that thing was also not swapped um, with the exhaust in the way and other. No, it was just, it just had dumb regular Miata problems instead of Scott Miata problems. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those problems are extra. (laughs) Um, so I got that together. I actually took it out for a test drive today. Uh, it went down the road. All right. Kind of cool. Made, made race car noises, which right now, since the muffler has literally no packing in it is super obnoxious. Um, and that along with the race pads makes it sound super race car, but it went around the block. So that was cool. Uh, no weird vibrating things. It didn't feel like it. At least at like right. 65 because these were highway speeds. I was doing people. Yeah. I mean, you can only go as fast as the speed limit to test race cars. That's the problem. Well, the speed limit was 55. Let's, I mean, let's not go well, crazy here. Speed limit <laughs> plus reasonable. Sure. Law-abiding citizen stuff. Um, so I think I'm going to try to talk Becky into going out and just picking up some dinner tomorrow with her in the car because I started to realize this may be the last opportunity she has to sit in the passenger seat because that passenger seat's coming out this winter. Yeah. So this may be like kind of last rodeo and... That's weird. It's a weird thing that's about to happen to this car. Um, but yeah, so all three of those things all weekend I was working on. And uh, yeah, I think we're almost there. So I still have to like hook the trailer to the van, which is a Chevy Express extended van, which is basically a, a one ton truck with like yeah. a massive body over it. I still have to like hook it up and plug the trailer wiring into it. So then I've got a dink with like brake controller stuff and it like does this little like calibration thing or something. I don't know. It's way fancier than I am. Sure. So I, I almost, uh, I hesitate to tell you this. So I have, my pickup truck is roughly the same generation as your fan. Okay. So it's a GMT 900, whatever the started in 2007. I totally forgot to mention what Becky did on her car too, but keep going. So, uh, I, before I started towing with my truck, when I got the trailer, I put a a trailer controller, but I had ordered and ordered, I bought the truck with the, the tow package with it. Do you, do you know what I had to do to install a trailer brake controller in my truck? Yeah. You literally plug it in. 
No, the ones before that you literally plugged in. No. Mine, you had to reach under the dash and grab the bundle of five wires and hook them to the trailer brake controller. Yeah, that's still easier. <laughs> so easy. I know. I know, Seth. <laughs> I'm just saying, GM knows how to do this. They know how to make your life easier. You made your life harder by buying one that they didn't make your life easier on. Well, the market did not help me at all. <laughs> yeah. No, didn't exactly have the pick of the litter. Um, and Becky also installed a hitch on Mooncake the Mazda 2. Oh, nice. Because as backup plan, <laughs> basically, <laughs> the Miata was going to drive with our trailer. And then on the way back through, um, we were going to drop the Miata off at the body shop and then hook the trailer up to Mooncake and keep going. It was basically what was going to happen. Was she able to get a really nice plug and play trailer harness for hers? Did you just go bloop and we then have. Done, we haven't done that yet. Just the. Just the receiver got bolted up. Okay. All right. Um, no, I think the the trailer thing is going to come out of the Miata. I had like a universal one, so I'll just use like a bunch of vampire clips or something. Make it work. Don't do that. Yeah. Spend the $40 and just but buy one. This, But I have it. Yeah, but don't, like do it right, Scott. It works. It's worked for three years. No, but 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 Mooncake is a special car. Do it right. All you do is you'll click, click, and it's done, and it works. I know, but I have it. I have it. Uh, don't like okay. You are officially you are officially like not money. my electrician. It works. You're officially not my electrician. Works fine. <laughs> works fine. Uh, sells so to get a ball and a ball mount, um, but that and the wiring, I think, is the last thing and we are going to be using mooncake to tow the trailer i guess when this comes out this weekend when we go to mid ohio on friday to instruct one of the scca's events there and becky's taking the track time and then saturday sunday we will be at grattan i'll be instructing and becky's taking my track time nice that makes me happy I'm I'm glad that, that that's the direction this team effort is going in, which is uh, you working and Becky driving. <laughs> it's, a, it's about how these go. Maybe I can rustle yeah, up like some uh, some paid tired data work or something like that. Yeah, make a few ends on the side. So yeah, that was my weekend. It was tiring and kind of stressful, but I think we're on the yeah. I don't want to say the home stretch, but we're getting close. Yeah, but see, now you get to be the mechanic-y, logistic-y guy. Like, you get to be the better version of of you at that, all of that stuff. And that's the thing, is you think, like, you went into this, you're thinking, I'm going to become a better driver. I'm going to do, like, get coaching and be a better driver. And I'm not saying that you're not. Like, I'm glad you approach that seriously. But I would argue that um, beginning of the season to end of the season, your, your growth is not so much going to be as a driver, but your all of your other team roles are uh, might be right. Are getting better um, to a higher degree than your driving is getting better. I think. Now the reason why 
the ultimate reason why the van and trailer had to get ready in a fairly short amount of time is my son is going to be coming up to road America with us. That's going to be awesome. Uh, which I'm excited about. Um, we do have to leave early on Sunday. So yeah, literally we will be getting done with race two, uh, swapping wheels and tires uh, for the body shop and putting it in the trailer very quickly and deucing out, heading out, which I am kind of bummed about because it is the season finale and it is Road America with the buddies. Um, but we, we had some alternatives, but um, it's my son's first full track weekend and I, you know, I want to be there with him from beginning to end. So that's how we're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, those are just, just the logistics of life sometimes um, trump the logistics of the racing part of it. So, yep. but again, I, th- I think that's your maturity as the, uh, the racer and the logistics guy and the, the figuring out what's important to the team versus to Scott, the driver. Yeah. And the fact that there's been three separate occasions when the Miata has not made it home under its own power this season. Yeah. And just, we can't do that anymore. Cannot do that anymore. <laughs> it's too hard. The last one we looked out since it was at Gingerman and uh, we had our good friends, the Benz from Bad Company right there with space in their trailer and they live close by to us too. I mean, we've really lucked out in that scenario, but uh, our practice weekend at NCM, you know, ended with a caliper trying to eat a wheel and then the um, the actual GLTC NCM weekend we saw what can happen when thing race things happen things happened yeah um and that was far away and the logistics get very difficult very quickly when you don't have yeah. a way to get your car home that you drove there so we just we're not going to do that can't do that anymore it's too stressful no, and and I admit that uh, I'm a little bit. I've actually been car shopping for those for similar reasons. It I, it occurred to me in the last little bit that my my commuter slash tow vehicle slash like I do everything in this is a is a hundred and sixty thousand mile eighteen year old track car with no radio yep. that I'm driving like three thousand miles a month and trying to teach my kid to drive in. And there's, there's an absurd amount of compromises associated with that. And yeah, I have a backup car, but you know, my primary backup car is my truck, which is 15 years old and has 220,000 miles and weird suspension clunks. And my other kid uses it to drive, to get to work. Yeah. And my other backup car is my wife's backup car. And that's also 15 years old and has 200,000 miles on it. And the throat bearing makes noise. Not like a lot of noise, but, you know, it's going to be an issue at some point. And so, like, so, I'm, I've surrounded myself with, not with crap, but with stuff that all had, like, every single bit has the potential to fail. Yep. 
like has a realistic potential to fail. And if it's just around town, it's fine. But when I drive to Dallas with a buddy and my kid and five motorcycles, failing in that environment becomes like, like when your Miata fails at NCM, it's like, ah, oh, that's a problem. So my question to you would be, so which B-spec car are you going to buy? <laughs> it's the, uh, so, so this is my problem, right? Like what I, what I, I really see it as a problem. Need, what I need in my life opportunity. is, <laughs> what I need in my life is to just accept the fact that I'm in my, in my mid forties and I'm a grown up and I can just like buy a solution. Magnum SRT eight. I already owned a wagon cooler than that. So whatever, like I'm over that. <laughs> park Our a magnum case. srt8 next to a ctsv wagon and the the srt8 actually wilts a little and whimpers and rolls away okay that's what happens k, k swap a honda fit except why i already have a gay i would what i would do if i was gonna if i'm gonna put a good k motor in anything i'm gonna put it in the accord because i hate tipping over and fits so no, so the thing is like like as a grown up, I have two needs here. I have like the the I need to haul motorcycles. I need to do it safely, um, sometimes over long distances, SRT and everything I have is compromised for that. What's that? SRT ten Dodge Ram. Yeah, but you keep trying to have me buy old crap. That's so. That's the but thing Viper. is I'm I'm trying to. But it has I'm a V ten Viper motor. <laughs> I'm trying to accept the fact that I can just like buy something that will work for five years with like tire and oil changes. Like I can do that. I just have to do it. I have to like change my brain into doing that. But the thing is anything I could buy, like if I go buy a ProMaster van, I don't want to drive 3000 3,000 miles a month commuting kids to school and a freaking ProMaster with a bulkhead in it. Like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to drive a plumber van every day. I want to drive one on the weekends, but I don't want to drive one every day. Okay. So what I really need to do is I need to sell the crap that I own and buy like two things that actually work. And I can't make myself do it. Or you buy I'm, something I'm, that can tow people and you buy a small trailer. I have a small trailer. I have the best small trailer. So why don't you put your crappy motorcycles in that? And then you don't need a bulkhead. Again, the problem is I can really only haul three motorcycles at a time with that, which works really well for day trips to the track. But when I go to Dallas for a race weekend, I need to carry about five motorcycles right now. I will sell that trailer, get a bigger one. <laughs> right. So every time I'm like, no, I'll do this. Like there's always a compromise. And and the right answer is that I buy a van and I buy something to put 3000 miles a month on. I buy like a four-year-old Prius and I just drive it because I'm going to, for the next, for the next three to four years, at least I'm going to have, I have this hell commute to, to get my kids to school. And it's, yeah. Not a big deal. It's what I do. It's like anybody else who has a commute for their job. This is what I signed up for, but it's fine. But I don't have the right tool for that job right now. Like it would be like all of a sudden you get a, a new job and your commutes an hour, 
you spend an hour and 40 minutes each way because realistically I spend three and a half to four hours a day in the car right now. So what I hear and you, you find, you, you, but you find yourself like with a track car doing that and yeah. you're like, yeah, I can do it, but this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is you don't have the proper ingredients for your life burrito right now. I don't like all of them are kind of like, bleh. like I'm trying to put a hamburger in a burrito. And yeah, they, like they make it's those, a protein. They it's make a like the cheeseburger sauce. burrito. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, that's how I feel like my driving life right now is I'm like, yeah, yeah the cheeseburger burrito. And everybody's like, that's stupid. That's not, it's a bad burrito. I would, I would call it a novelty. I wouldn't call it something I would return back. <laughs> no, to. I feel like a novelty driving the, the Accord. Like, I love the Accord. Like, it's as far as a commuter car, it's the longest I have ever owned a car that I just drive back and forth. Um, everything else has a shelf life of like roughly three years. Um, and I've had the Accord for, and, and I've had other cars at the same time. So that's probably helped. But I've had the Accord for like four years now and almost 70,000 miles um, at various times. It hasn't been the primary car just because I've owned too much other crap. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I don't want to sell the Accord. I like the Accord. It's just crap for doing what I do right now. Yep. So uh, yep. that's where I am. Yeah, I don't know. It's You're in- are, are you that way? You've got your Mazda 3, right? Which is kind of like, uh let's not talk about all that crap it's part of the reason yeah, but why, like, why i had to buy the van so quickly i i'm still so the van gets crap for gas mileage crap for gas mileage yes i worked really hard and i got 16.3 today if i tried <laughs> really hard in my three i could get 42 in the same like yeah. the same it's so it's way more expensive to drive and i drive for my job so it's like if i can save money i will but the problem is is that when i need to haul like a door or like all my saws i can't do that well i can't haul a door in my three i can haul all my tools in the three kind of not at once so i don't get a little enclosed trailer i don't have a I don't have a proper solution for that yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you with that. Like you, you find yourself with this, like no answer makes you happy. Yep. Yeah. I just spent the most money I've ever spent on a vehicle on the dumbest, most terrible thing to drive ever. And it brings me no joy. See, at least my most expensive car was the V wagon. So, well, yeah, um, that's that that's, was that's proper, and it was awesome. Yes, I did one, and I did my first one lap in it. And yes, sold it for more than I paid for it new. And it was awesome. Yes, so. I want that. All right, we are at Track Walking <laughs> Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Tell us what vehicles we need uh, because we obviously have no idea what vehicles we need. Um, um, and burrito recipes. And burrito recipes those. because, you know, who doesn't like a, a good burrito from time to time? But for the two, well, it's your show. You lead us out. Yeah. 
for the two of us, uh, we are... No, wait. I'm Seth. You're going to miss this. I'm Scott. And we are Track Walking. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.